Some time ago, my friend Mike called me and said, Steve, I have a message for you. You have to make a podcast. It's very important. Do it now. And I said, okay, I will. Can you provide me with extra time to do that during my busy schedule? He said he couldn't do that. But then I managed to free up some time. So here's my podcast, Audio Chimera. This is episode number 11. Welcome to Berserkly. In August of 1985, I left the confines of the East Coast. And by East Coast, I mean Pennsylvania, Ohio, and New Jersey, where I had spent the first 28 years of my life and ventured west to attend the University of California, Berkeley. I like to attribute at least a part of this move to my entering my Saturn return. This is the astrological idea that suggests that every 27 to 29 years, as Saturn returns to the same spot in the sky as on the day of one's birth, one undergoes a life-changing event. For musicians who joined the so-called 27 Club, that was life-ending. For me, shifting coasts was pretty life-transforming. Nowhere I'd lived really prepared me for Berkeley. Not that it was a huge culture shock, more of a pleasant surprise. I have always been drawn to water, and stepping out of my graduate residence hall every day on campus and seeing the San Francisco Bay and the Golden Gate Bridge in the distance was always a pleasant sight. Since I lived on campus in that residence hall, uh, later, incidentally, that would be the site of my first earthquake experience. And I had no car. I had plenty of time to walk around. There was a dining hall in the residence, but of course I also got to experience local eateries, finding the Japanese, the Chinese, the Mexican, the pizza, blondies for the last one. Nothing like being served a large slice of pepperoni by a pierced punk with blue hair. And let's not forget the yakitori bowl. Now let's take a quick tour of the Telegraph Avenue of the day. Avoiding the corner in its busy pharmacy and going through the walkway at Kinko's, you can glance left at the communist bookstore that was there for forever, but the last time I checked was now a flower shop. A half a block jog left, then a stroll down Telegraph Avenue would allow a traveler to see almost anything you needed to see. A major attraction for me was Moe's Books. I spent hours on those several floors, and I still have a lot of the used volumes I bought there. The only reason I have the complete set of Lattimore and Green Greek tragedies is that I kept checking at Moe's and getting the ones I needed. A short step off Telegraph and one finds People's Park, once used for student and free speech rallies, but when I was there it was more of a place for the homeless to hang out. And homeless in Berkeley were a constant sight. I had heard that, when mental institutions were full, they would bus released patients to Berkeley because the city and organizations there had the infrastructure to care for them. Well, relatively, anyway. Also in Telegraph was my favorite Mexican restaurant, La Fiesta. One summer, I ate lunch or dinner there every day for two weeks with my friend Mike. 
Oh, that's Mike you hear at the beginning of the podcasts. He was a student in my stagecraft class, but we quickly became friends once he was no longer my student. I cast him as our motto in Love's Labor's Lost. I had done a 50-minute cutting of the Shakespeare text for a summer lunchtime offering. So we rehearsed daily for that show and, of course, dined daily at La Fiesta. As one of our dinners came near its end, I looked out the window and noticed a cop with riot gear standing on the corner across the way. We're talking helmet, face shield, plexiglass shield, truncheon, the works. I pointed it out to Mike, who turned back and said, Check! We paid for our meals and exited the restaurant, and since that cop and several others were facing down the street away from campus, we went hastily back toward campus, which was our destination anyway. A few blocks up, Mike asked one of the policemen what was going on. He said the anarchists of America were having a convention in San Francisco and had decided to march in Berkeley in support of the homeless. We thanked him for the information, and we went on our way. That night, I watched the local news providing video of the march, which quickly turned violent. Some of the anarchists seized a Coca-Cola truck painted the anarchist A symbol on parked cars, and set trash cans on fire. My favorite part of the news story, a spokesperson for the homeless came on and disavowed the actions of the marchers. They don't speak for us, he said. Imagine a city where the homeless have a spokesperson. People often mention the street people of Berkeley, and I confess to having my personal favorites. On campus, one would often see Rick Starr standing next to a sign that said, The Rick Starr Show. He held a Mr. Microphone microphone with cord dangling down, connected to nothing. He held it in one hand and made a circular gesture with the other while singing Frank Sinatra songs. He also sang Totally Flat, New York, New York. But it didn't stop anyone from applauding or tipping him when he finished a song. Another famous street person was the so-called hate man who wore a dress, one high-heeled shoe, one moon boot, and a satin bra. At times, he would stick a twig or a branch from a tree into a headband for a decoration. He'd walk down Telegraph, pushing his shopping cart and yelling at passersby. Rumor has it that he was a New York Times journalist who was either undercover or had gone insane and now wandered the streets of Berkeley. Finally, there was Julia Vinograd, who would move up and down the street, swathed in colorful clothes, her head encased in a scarf. She was also known as the Bubble Lady because she would walk along and make bubbles with one of those bottles with the little handle. She would enter different establishments and offer her books of poetry for sale. She would often drift by in La Fiesta, and to my later regret, I would avoid eye contact. Why would I buy her books of poetry? Years later, I discovered that I have, I think, somewhat of a flair for poetry. I've done readings and what I call poetry performances, reciting poems with backing musical tracks in the 3D virtual world of Second Life. Extending that out, I've created several books of poetry, available first at Cafe Press and now at Smashwords. And so I come full circle in that question. Who would buy my books of poetry? Ah, karma. A final memory of Berkeley from my early days on campus. As I walked along, I noticed these ramshackle huts built along the way and discovered it was a student-made shantytown in protest of apartheid. Of course, I had no idea what apartheid was, but I would soon learn. 
when a man approached me on the street and asked if I would wear a rib- ribbon against apartheid. I accepted a red ribbon and tipped him, which I assumed was the standard, as I read everywhere in politically correct Berkeley, tipping is not a city in China. And so I displayed that red ribbon on my backpack for several years until apartheid, like the gradually fraying ribbon, was finally dismantled in the early 1990s. Now, did my show of solidarity with the people of South Africa help to bring an end to that situation? I have no illusions that a piece of cloth safety pinned to my backpack helped change the world. But I have to say, it was the first step in changing my thinking to a very different political perspective, which is, everything is political. Every action we take, everything we do each day is a political act. And I hope each one, no matter how small or seemingly insignificant, is an action that changes your life or the world around you for the better. Anything you want to hear more about from this podcast? I can elaborate. Just send your request to stephenshrum at musifier.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-C-H-R-U-M at musifier, M-U-S-O-F-Y-R.com. Or leave a message at 724-835-4074, and I'll see what I can do. I receive no cash for products I mentioned, but please feel free to throw money at me to advertise here. For more information on my works, check out my website, musifier.com. For written works, search for me on Smashwords as Stephen Schramm or Musifier, or find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. This is Stephen Schramm. Thanks for listening to Audio Chimera.